Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're talking about video game deals, as we often are in this space, or more specifically, pending deals, deals that are in a certain state of incompletion. And what that state is, is something that a lot of people have asked me about in the last 24 hours or so. So without further ado, let's talk about Hideo Kojima. Let's talk about Xbox. Let's talk about rumors slash sign documents, because we got a piece of news about Hideo Kojima, maker of Metal Gear Solid, maker of Death Stranding, which you just saw on your screen, and of course what my thumbnail title is based around, and Jeff Grubb, a reporter who has just started a show on Giant Bomb called, I want to say, Grub Snacks, uh, and he released a bit of information that his sources have been telling him, as summarized here by Nibble Lion on Twitter. From Grubb's show, Microsoft and Hideo Kojima have signed a letter of intent. Both sides are interested to work together if the criteria is met. No indication whether Microsoft will invest in Kojima Productions. Project is cloud-based and deal unlikely to fall apart. Now, to give Jeff Grubb full credit, you can go check him out on Giant Bomb. He also writes for GamesBeat over at VentureBeat, and he said a little bit more than just that when he was reporting on the story. He says, Hideo Kojima and Microsoft have signed a letter of intent that states the two parties intend to work out the details in a publishing agreement for a new Xbox game, according to sources familiar with the matter. This is a key step in the negotiations between the Metal Gear Solid creator and the Xbox company. This signifies that both parties have agreed to a generalized deal while lawyers continue hashing out the finer points. The deal is so close, says Mr. Grubb, that Microsoft has begun preparing for what Kojima will need to make his new game. And to this, he's referring to the hiring of Kim Swift. Last week, Microsoft announced that it had hired Portal and Left for Dead developer Kim Swift to oversee partnerships for cloud-based games. Now, as with any reporting here in this space, and I think Jeff Grubb would acknowledge this, we have to take with a grain of salt anonymous sources, but there's no real reason to believe that anyone is acting nefariously here. And Jeff Grubb has been a good source for a lot of information in the recent past. So this appears to be a solid kind of setup here, but letters of intent are fairly amorphous in terms of whether or not a deal gets done. In tweeting about this story, I said, I'm not begrudging Mr. Jeff Grubb any of his sources, but in my experience, just as a corporate lawyer, no one thinks an LOI or MOU or letter of understanding is going to fall apart. See that bullet point deal unlikely to fall apart until it does. Never take an LOI as a done deal. And we'll get back to this thread because me and Mr. Grubb have a conversation a little bit about rates and not working out at the end of the day. But as it turns out, as I'm talking about an LOI, as Mr. Grubb is talking about an LOI, a number of people start pinging me with what in the world is a letter of intent. So I think it's worthwhile to have this video just talk about what that is. If you haven't heard about it in virtual legality, we've talked about it a little bit when we've talked about pending mergers and the process of making a big deal work, or if we wanna just look at noted, esteemed, poetic, artisan, just real man about town, Renaissance figure, we can look at Eurogamer here in their article, Xbox and Kojima reportedly in talks for publishing deal. I think this person did just a great job of summarizing what a letter of intent is. As for a letter of intent, well, it's far from a signed contract to produce a game for Xbox when all is said and done. At its most basic level, a letter of intent is just that, a letter where two or more parties indicate their intent to enter into a more formal agreement, Richard Hogue, lawyer and host of the Virtual Legality podcast, told Eurogamer. 
The letter will generally contain a statement that the two sides want to work together, a description of what that working together might entail in terms of deliverables to be provided, schedule of work, compensation, etc., and then certain restrictions on the parties. Of note, it's only the last category that is typically binding on the parties, covering things like confidentiality, restrictions on how and when a party might shop the project to others, and potential penalties for walking away. The remainder of an LOI is best read as a roadmap for the lawyers to draft the real or definitive agreements. And you, in fact, can see that in Jeff Grubb's reporting here, where he talks about it's a generalized deal while lawyers continue hashing out the finer points. Now, you can go and look at form letters of intent online. Most of them are going to relate to acquisitions or mergers or significant equity sales and things along those lines because a letter of intent, a formal document where you outline deal points is usually only necessary for deals of a type that you aren't traditionally doing, that you're moving outside your normal comfort zone or normal order of business and you wanna make sure that two parties understand what's happening. And this can happen a lot when we're talking about things like science companies, uh, when you're gonna be sharing ideas and you don't exactly know whether you're gonna to fit together with what one person's technology is and what another person's technology is. Here, it sounds like Kojima has an interesting idea for a type of game that may or may not work. So you would enter into an LOI and potentially some other documents at the same time that would allow use of certain services on the understanding that this isn't the final publishing agreement. But again, I've brought up a form here because I can't use my own forms. We've got confidentiality restrictions uh, as well in the world of law, but we can talk about what one of these things looks like. So as a letter of intent, and you might hear a letter of intent also referred to in different contexts as a memorandum of understanding. You might hear it shortened to an LOI as I did in the thumbnail or an MOU. And there's all sorts of different names that someone can give this concept, but it's outlining deal terms for any kind of deal without actually agreeing to those deal terms. Trying to establish that the two parties that are considering a business relationship are coming together in the same place, give or take. To, to bear this down even more simply, if you remember when we covered things like a game publishing agreement, I bought up the playlist right now where we talked about that at length, you saw that there are deal terms. Who's going to own the intellectual property? What's the royalty going to be? What's the money that's going to come in from the publisher? What are their marketing obligations? What are your development obligations? Whatever it might be, there are a whole host of things that go into a legal document. And the Raw Fury game publishing agreement is actually shorter, more svelte than most. But it costs money for those lawyers to actually put those all together. So what you want to do before you pay the lawyers to get that done is you want to make sure, hey, we agree that you're going to own the IP, right? Yeah. We agree that it's going to be a 50-50 split after profits. Yeah? Yeah. We agree that this money's going to come in. And you could just have, if you imagine in your head, an email with bullet points of what the actual economics of the transaction are. And then the lawyers have to go in and make it difficult because they're trying to prevent bad things from happening to their client and the contract's going to be a little bit longer than that email of bullet points. Although, as we also discussed when we were looking at the Capcom Sony alleged exclusivity agreement, once you trust somebody, once you've worked with them for 20 years, you can start to almost make your agreements at a term sheet level. But here we see that concept, but instead of with respect to a publishing agreement, with respect to a merger agreement. We are writing to provide a letter of intent from our name in respect of a transaction with your name. We appreciate the time and energy you and your team have afforded us in discussing this opportunity and the information that has been provided thus far. We want to continue evaluating it. We want to put parameters around that. 
This is what we think the purchase price of your company would be. This is how much we would pay for it in cash. This is how much we would pay for it in shares. This is the timeline we want to work on. This is the due diligence rights we want to have. You have to make certain of your customers available to us, certain of your employees available to us, whatever it might be in the context of a merger or acquisition. And in terms of binding things, we get an exclusivity period. We're going to sign this letter of intent to say, you can't shop this around for here, 60 days, 90 days, whatever that might be. And you're going to agree to keep all of this confidential. You might also have, when you're talking about a publishing agreement or anything else, penalty provisions for walking away, making trouble for one party or another. And you could have any number of other things that are descriptive of the transaction that you're going to contemplate access to the Azure servers, what cloud gaming is going to look like. We're going to give you access to our technological folks uh, for certain periods of time during this particular period. And you're going to develop, you know, a, a vertical slice or probably something significantly less, a, a demo that shows that this is a good idea for us to invest in and for you to make whatever it might be. We're going to outline what that's likely to look like, as well as those royalties and IP ownership and everything else that goes ultimately into a game publishing agreement. But it's just going to be a letter of intent. If you get to the bottom here, it'll say it's non-binding. Hey, this is a roadmap for our lawyers. This is establishing that we agree on the economics or anything else that might relate to a transaction between us, but it is not the transaction between us. Other than things like keeping things exclusive and keeping things confidential for a period of time, we aren't agreeing to actually pay you for your company. We aren't actually agreeing to fund your development project. We are agreeing that we think there's a meeting of the minds right now and that we might need to test some things before we actually sign up that definitive agreement. So an LOI is important. An LOI is much closer to a deal done than not having an LOI but it's not a fait accompli. So when I say that to Jeff Grubb's tweet here and I say, well, LOIs and MOUs fall apart at a fairly significant clip, Mr. Grubb says, sure, but I'm combining that with also hiring Kim Swift. Like they've begun staffing up for Kojima. You see him reference that in his VentureBeat article. And I tend to agree. That seems to be something, and certainly Mr. Grubb's sources suggest that it is something that was done in order to facilitate this deal. However, while that makes it more likely that the LOI won't fall apart, still takes two to tango to ultimately enter into definitive agreements. So you have to have a commitment from Kojima and you can evaluate the Kim Swift hire as something that is nice to have for Hideo Kojima, but potentially also at Microsoft or at Xbox, something that you would have wanted anyway, or at least something that you could work with, that Kim Swift wasn't hired because she specifically works with Hideo Kojima. She was presumably hired because it would be good to have somebody that's going to oversee cloud-based games for Hideo. But if that somehow doesn't work out, Kim Swift is still a good addition to your team. That's generally how you evaluate these things because no one on the business side is going to assume an LOI is a done deal, even if they're starting to move those pieces into place. Or as I said here, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying unlikely to fall apart is probably best read as 70-30 chance of success or 80-20 rather than the 99 to 1 some people might read it as. No one wants a relationship to fail after an LOI, but sometimes, relatively often, things don't work out. You're doing that due diligence. Maybe the test case doesn't work out. Maybe as the definitive agreements come together, you realize you didn't cover a deal point at the LOI level that turns out is very important to one or the other side and you just can't come to an agreement on that deal point. This kind of stuff happens relatively frequently. And Mr. Grubb says, oh, sure, it's good to reiterate that. Thank you. 
So when you're thinking about an LOI, when you're thinking about a letter of intent or a memorandum of understanding or anything else that might just put forward deal points before you've actually signed on the dotted line and committed your company or another to that deal, you should probably think of it at a basic level as an engagement ring. Engagements are important. Engagements are recognized. There are engagement parties. People have moved forward with engagements. However, if you're anything like me, there's probably at least a few people in your life that have been engaged and not walked down the aisle, not gotten married. And that's a little bit closer to what an LOI is. It's not a promise ring. I saw somebody ask me that on Twitter yesterday. It's an engagement ring. It's significant, but those engagements still fall apart at a fairly regular clip. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes. I would say it's much more likely than not that this deal will go through as described, provided it's real and we take those anonymous sources with a grain of salt. But there is still a significant material, definitely non-zero chance that it never is consummated at all. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you like talking about the business and law of video games, pop culture, technology, and otherwise, please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon, Streamlabs tips, and shirts and mugs to sell, or just subscribe and tell your friends that we're having these conversations here on YouTube. If you caught this video on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.